The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number to get a hold of Savan anytime, anytime, I mean, 416-216-5910, and it is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Uh, a lot of stuff to get through today. We'll talk about the injury calculator and the week that was, several cases that uh, have come across your desk you've been working on or have worked on. Those, and apparently I have a true or false test coming later here if I check through my notes. I don't know what that's all about, but all right, maybe. John, we have a ton of cases to talk about today. Really, really interesting uh, scenarios that I have come across this week. Okay. Uh, it, it's a combination of uh, long-term disability, car accidents, slip and falls, all of the above. And as you mentioned at the end, uh, or at some point in between, we're going to go through a test, see how much information you've retained. Uh, <laughs> I tell you right now. That. <laughs> uh, it's okay, John. Uh, you know, if, if, if you don't end up getting them right, then uh, there are repercussions. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's get into it. So uh, the first case, this is, a, this is a tragic case. And I say it's tragic because I actually can't help this individual. He already has a lawyer, and they're so far into the litigation, into the, the, the claim uh, that all I could do is just give him some information, very, very basic information that his own lawyer should have given him five years ago when they right. started this claim. So about five years ago, this gentleman... Uh, uh, was was, as I understand it, uh, uh, in in a vehicle, and believe it or not, there was some kind of an electrocution of some sort, uh, or he was by a car, sorry, and he was thrown literally sixteen feet because of this electrocution. Uh, essentially, a transformer hit the back uh, box, which um, uh, which which hit him. Uh, at the time, he suffered from severe pain in his left shoulder. He's still unable to hold items in his left hand because of the pain. And of course, he had uh, you know a whole bunch of issues, pre-existing issues that many of us have, and it's aggravated, such as back issues, uh, etc. Uh, by the way, he's 76 years old, so you can just imagine what this would yeah. do to somebody uh, that age. Uh, he's still on morphine today, so he's retained a lawyer, and of course, we are five years later now, and they've gone through substantial aspects of the claims process, and. He was asking me about a settlement offer that he was he was presented with recently, and the settlement offer was uh, in the six figure range, and I was trying to piece together information and trying to understand where where exactly his claim is at, how the amount was arrived at, and of course he couldn't give me any of that information. All he could do is give me information about what happened to him, and you know the kind of life that he's been leading since then, which is like I said, been very very tragic. And I should tell you, John, he, you know, as I'm talking to him, he's crying on the phone. I have the 76-year-old gentleman crying on the phone because of, you know, the significant pain. And, and you know, you could hear in his voice that he just he doesn't want to be in, in this world anymore. Right. And again, I'm trying to figure out how I can help him. And I, I explained to him the process of, of the, the, you know, the claims process. I don't understand why this claim has been ongoing for five years. I explained to him how settlement offers are structured, how it is that you know the insurance company comes up with a number, how it is that his lawyer would come up with a number. And the one thing that really became really clear to me throughout uh, the conversation, this was a conversation for about, I think I spent about 40 minutes with him on the phone, was that he wasn't explained anything for the last five years. And so where he is now is he's in a position where there is, in fact, an offer from the other side. My sense is that the offer is deficient because it doesn't take into account significant aspects of his ongoing disability as a result of this injury. Uh, It it appears that there was a settlement with another insurance company uh, initially, and I think it's his own insurance company. So, you know... I, I can't give you more details than that except to say that, you know, if you are in a situation where you have a lawyer, you've been injured, you have a disability, you know someone who is in that position, 
And it seems like they are clueless as to what is happening with their case. They don't understand why the settlement offer uh, is what it is, how the numbers were arrived at. There's no communication with the lawyer or sufficient communication as to the claims process. It's a huge, huge uh, stop sign for me. I'm seeing this big stop sign you know, in my mind's eye here. You have to make sure you speak with the lawyer, with your lawyer. You have to make sure that you understand where you are in the claims process, what is the next step, and you have to understand if there are any numbers that are exchanged from your lawyer to the other side, to the insurance company, or from the insurance company to your lawyer and to you, you have to understand how those numbers were arrived at. It just it just completely boggles the mind when people call me up and they tell me I've been offered X amount, what do you think? And I'm asking them, well, how was the number arrived at? What is the logic? And they have no clue whatsoever. And they're so, at a weak point at that point as well, right? Like they're in a very weak point, and and again, it's it's one of those situations where at that point, I'll tell you, after I speak with people like that, uh, they just want to come to me. They say, you know, can you take over? And I say, you know, you're going to end up facing a huge bill from your current lawyer if you switch to me. So as much as I think mm-hmm. I can make a buck, I'm doing you a disservice. And if you go and get a second opinion, and another lawyer tells you jump ship, go to them after you've been through this claims process for the last few years and gone through all these steps, they're doing you a disservice. They're just looking out for their best interest, so they're f- for their own best interest, not for yours. Let's uh, touch on the injury calculator before we get to another case and we'll get back into it. I want some details on that, injurycalculator.ca. Injurycalculator.ca is an online tool we created a long time ago. I say long time, meaning about a year and a half or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been uh, widely used. It's an online tool. It's a free tool, an anonymous tool that allows you, if you've been injured as a result of someone's negligence, to go online, and, and we're going to go through some samples, uh, some examples, and figure out how much money you could potentially be looking at for compensation for your pain and suffering. Right. And it's really, really neat because really what we've done is we've taken uh, all of the cases that we could find in Canada where judges have said, here's what we award for an ankle fracture. Here's how much we award for back pain, for brain injury, for a fatality. And uh, here's you know the, the, the database and by you inputting a few key pieces of information, literally it takes about 15, 20 seconds, you can see you're going to get a range at the end that yep. says, you know, for this injury, you could expect to potentially recover X amount of dollars for your pain and suffering. Lots more coming up. In the meantime, Savant's number is 416-216-5910. Email as well. We'll get to a bunch of those throughout the hour. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. That's the email to get a hold of Savannah anytime. The number is 416-216-5910. Also, when you have some uh, uh, some time, check out mydisabilityquestions.com. Uh, you have questions they might have been answered already or asked there. You can go down. There's a database of those. And the injurycalculator.ca. This is a very handy tool. Let's you know uh, what your pain and suffering is worth for whatever injury you're looking at. Very simple to put in the uh, 30 seconds worth of data and spit out a number that might uh, might surprise you. So back into the week that was. That's right. And in fact, let me pick up on that uh, website, uh, mydisabilityquestions.com. Uh, and I'm going to read to you a- an email that I received on Sunday, September 18th uh, from... Uh, uh, Gail uh, in, in Markham. She wrote, I had to stop work due to operations and cancer treatment for a year, applying for disability. Is this a good substantial reason? My understanding from the email is, you know, I've had these, uh, you know, cancer and I've had uh, operations. Presumably, uh, they were trying to get the cancer out and she was going through chemo, etc. Is this a good enough reason? The answer is, it depends. Why am I saying that? Yeah. Because 
this is, uh, you know, obviously when you just, you know, hear the word cancer, you think, well, of course that that's going to mean that, uh, you know, you should be entitled to disability. But it really depends as to whether or not your doctors, so in this case, Gail's oncologist, if the oncologist says Gail is unable to go back to work at this point in the foreseeable future for this past year, etc., then for the period of time where she cannot go back to work because of her illness and treatments, yeah, yeah, she's totally disabled. Mm -hmm. I mean, she would qualify without even looking at her LTD policy. I can tell you she would be qualified because, I mean, how else can you read that? I mean, she can't go back to work. What Gail would need is she would need a letter or a report, and it doesn't have to be 50 pages long. It could be one page long. Listen, the more detailed, the better from the doctor. But as long as the oncologist, perhaps even the family doctor, the people who are treating her, as long as they say, she's unable to work because of X, Y, and Z, that should be sufficient to entitle her to long-term disability. That's all you need. The doctor's word always trumps all, yeah? Yeah, the doctor's word always trumps all. And of course, you know, we spoke before about what happens when uh, the insurance company adjuster takes issue with what your doctors are saying. Or they'll send it to their doctor. That's right. right. That's actually a better thing for them to do from a defense standpoint, right? If we put on our defense hat, if we are representing the insurance company and we want to make our position robust to say, you know, you um, disabled individual, uh, we don't agree with your doctor's recommendations, the insurance company is in a much stronger position if they send you to one of their doctors and their doctors say, we don't think you are disabled to the extent that you say you are, and we think you can go back to work. Again, as far as I'm concerned, in most instances that I've encountered, the individual's own treating practitioners, physicians, specialists, they usually trump because you know it's understood that they've seen this individual, they've treated that individual, as opposed to a doctor who's retained by the insurance company, paid by the insurance company, mm-hmm. and has seen this individual for maybe half an hour. And no history. It has no history. I mean, the doctor would probably look at the medical records, historical records, but that doctor is, you know, it's a hired gun as opposed to the treating practitioners who have been dealing with this individual all this time. What else you got? All right, so let's move on to a different one. Uh, this is an Ottawa case. This is interesting. So we have this individual um, who uh, was injured on September 9th in Costco in Ottawa. Incident happened around 4.30 p.m. So I'm going to read you some of the intake notes, the information about the case. Uh, It says here, he buys milk twice a week from Costco and he took nine bags of milk in his shopping cart and an employee came with a skid of of milk. Uh, He, meaning the individual who contacted us, was backing up. um, Sorry, the individual who was bringing the milk was backing up. So the gentleman had room uh, to take out the milk from the fridge. But there were empty crates behind him, and he stumbled on those, and he fell on the milk crates. Uh, the milk crate uh, hit his rib. Uh, he was unconscious for, uh, for a few seconds. Uh, the, um, uh, the boss there or the manager was called. Uh, there was an incident report, etc., etc. He wasn't feeling very good. Uh, later that evening, he was driven to the hospital. Uh, doctor gave him uh, some painkillers, and they took an x-ray, and they found that his rib was fractured. Right. Uh, they said it was going to heal in a few weeks, but again, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that. Hopefully, he does heal, and hopefully, he doesn't have any residual issues. Uh, but in any event, he suffered the fracture. He's 57 years old, and uh, you know, he runs uh, a few convenience stores. And of course, now he has difficulty doing some of the shopping for the convenience stores. So then the question he has is, well, do I have a claim against Costco? And again, the answer is always, it depends. I need some more facts. But let's analyze what we've uh, heard right now. Uh, you know, Costco is a big place, not just Costco. Any place uh, out there where you go and shop, you know, of course, they have to restock the merchandise, yep. right? The question is, 
uh, have they followed their procedures? All of these places, whether it's Costco, Walmart, uh, and anywhere where you buy stuff, they have uh, policies and procedures on how to do this safely. And so the question becomes, well, should they have had these crates right there uh, when you have a lot of people moving around? Because clearly it was foreseeable that he would move backwards sure. or perhaps not see it, right? Especially if the crate is empty yep. and, and it's very low and he would uh, slip on it or, or uh, trip on it and fall and injure himself, which is exactly what happened here. So then there is an argument that, okay, hold on, Costco may have been negligent here. We would, have, you know, of course, want to see their policies, procedures, uh, question them to figure out exactly what happened at that time. Incidentally, in many of these places, there are cameras in the store. So maybe this incident was captured on footage. And that would be very helpful as well because it would tell us objectively what exactly happened. So he may very well have a case here. We would have to check in a bit more. On the face of it, it it seems to me like he would have a case simply because I'm thinking that if you have all these crates, especially in a Costco, and I go to Costco myself, and it's a great place to get stuff, uh, but there are a lot of people. It's very, very busy. So I, I would think that there would be a higher duty on Costco to make sure that the areas where you have yeah. traffic, pedestrian traffic, free and are clear. free and clear, you or at the very least, you know, w- when you have these crates, uh, perhaps you have somebody there just monitoring the area, right? Yeah. So from my standpoint, I would think he has a case. I would want to know a little bit more. And again, from the standpoint of damages, he could very well go to the injury calculator, to the website, and figure out, well, how much is my injury worth, especially if the injury doesn't get that much better, if the you know the rib uh, may heal, but maybe he'll end up with chronic pain that is going to impede his ability to do the work that he has been doing up until now. And that is injurycalculator.ca. In the meantime, the uh, email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and Savan's number 416-216-5910. The Insurance and Injury Law Show. This is Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get your email after this. We got to another case, I believe, for the that was. We do, John. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, we have a ton of cases, and yeah. it's very difficult for me to choose which ones to uh, you know to talk about because you can really learn a lot from all of these. And and the listeners, you know, they may have a friend or family member, somebody who's been involved in an accident or on disability, and they need this information. So that's why I'm going through all of these different scenarios. Um, about a month ago or two months ago or so, I settled a case uh, for a fantastic individual. I'm not okay. going to use his name. The terms are confidential. Uh, he was very happy with the resolution of the case, with the settlement. And in fact, he had a workers' compensation case that's mm-hmm. ongoing. And I'm not the lawyer for that. I don't, I, don't, I don't do workers' compensation. I oftentimes get people calling me about that, but I, I don't do that kind of work. Uh, but I settled his long-term disability case. And uh, like I said, he was great. I met him and his wife. And it was just fantastic result at the end of the day. And what happens, John, um, you know, about a week ago or so, his wife contacts me and says, you know, I, I'm also on long-term disability. And guess what? I just got a letter in the mail from my insurance company telling me they're going to cut me, me off, off as of November 18th. Yeah. And, you know, this is, she's a great lady. She's 51 years old. Uh, she, she's, uh, she's, she's on CPP disability. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. So that indicates to me that the government has deemed her disabled. Awesome. She has a whole slew of issues, including uh, fibromyalgia, uh, hand issues, a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, she's asking me, what can be done? What can we do about that? And I said, well, first of all, I have to look at a policy, right? That's mm-hmm. a starting point for all disability cases. But secondly, you know, what's the reason why they're cutting you off? Or, yeah. I looked at the denial letter, and in fact, I have it in front of me. It's dated September 13th, and I'm going to just read you a few sentences, and then we'll analyze these. Uh, so it says here, dear so-and-so, uh, we have received and reviewed the note from you and from Dr. 
so-and-so where he has indicated uh, that you are permanently disabled. Okay, so that's the first sentence in the letter from the insurance company yep. about to cut her off disability. Okay. The heads up. They're, but, but they're confirming that they received the letter from her doctor who says that she's permanently disabled. Right. Okay. Uh, it says, uh, you have been employed with, and it gives the name of the company, uh, as a sales administrator working 40 hours a week. You have remained off work due to chronic pain in your wrist and your self-reports of additional pain in your knees uh, and your neck. Uh, you continue to be followed by your family physician and a pain physician. Oftentimes, John, when you have people who have ongoing chronic pain, there's someone that looks after them in addition to the family doctor, such as a physiatrist, yeah. perhaps a rheumatologist, uh, a, a uh, chronic pain doctor. We, ha- we see more of those around. Um, many of them are essentially uh, uh, family physicians with, with a specific focus on pain, on chronic pain. In any event, the insurance company here wanted her to start a gradual return to work program. And uh, they've even identified, apparently, some other jobs that she can do other uh, than being a sales administrator. They're saying she could be an admin clerk, a customer service clerk, a receptionist, etc. And so then I see here the letter, uh, the, the, the paragraph on the second page. Based on all the information uh, that we have, we will provide further LTD benefits to November 18th, 2016, Mm -hmm. in lieu of the gradual return to work that should have occurred. As of November 19th, you will no longer qualify for LTD and your file will be closed. Now, below that, there is a paragraph and see if you can identify what that paragraph is. If you believe the evidence on which we have based our decision is incorrect... It's the appeal. (laughs) you got it exactly it's the useless paragraph it's a useless one exactly they're inviting her to provide more documentation for their review of course they're going to deny her again so there's no point doing that so what was my uh, response of course i reviewed this as well as the medical documents she's provided she has a case it's not even there's no if what's buts whatever she has a case and we know that they said that they're going to cut her off as of november 18th we're going to try and avoid that cutoff but my sense is they're going to do it anyway. So guess what? Here's what's going to happen. The next day, the insurance company is going to get served with a claim that is going to say that they have acted in bad faith and that they owe her those benefits. And then the clock is going to start ticking. Yep. Now, why is this important? Because the insurance company can't ignore that claim. They can ignore an appeal, right? But by ignore, I mean deny the appeal, but they can't ignore a legal claim. And I can guarantee you, John, this claim is going to be resolved on favorable terms to her, just like it was for her husband. Her husband was with a different insurance company, by the way. But, you know, all these insurers, as far as I'm concerned, are the same in terms of the way that they deal with people. Some of them are a bit worse than others. But generally speaking, insurance companies are in the business of making money and saving money. And if she did not have the experience that her husband went through with me and seeing the positive result that he had couple months back when we settled his claim, she could have been one of those thousands of people who would have said, you know, I guess I can't do anything. Yeah, I'm I'm done. Yeah, done. Exactly. And so, you know, people like that would simply not claim the money that is owed to them. Again, keep in mind, this is money that is owed Owed. to her. It's not a bonus. It's not a bonus. There's no, this is not she's trying to mooch off the system. She's on CPP disability. The government is paying her disability. And it's not easy to get CPP disability, okay? This is not retirement income. This is disability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's no question in my mind. So again, just an interesting scenario where you have a husband and wife, that's fairly rare for me to to deal with. 
but it's just uh, an interesting uh, uh, chain of events where I settled his case for LTD about a month or two ago. I think it was two months ago. And now she is uh, in, in, in the same position. And right. we're going to help her. No question. Uh, no no uh, questions whatsoever. And you need the help. You want to get a hold of uh, real simple, 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You got some time? Check out the Injury Calculator. And the website for that is injurycalculator.ca as well. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show is coming right up on Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That's to get a hold of Savannah directly. Go to injurycalculator.ca. You want to check out that. Put in some input. If you've got an injury, see what your pain and suffering could be worth. Amazing database, and it's uh, really, really simple to use. takes about 30 seconds to do the whole thing. Uh, the email address, gave it out a few times. I'll get to one now. Laura from Barry says, uh, my mother was working at a mall up in Barry this past January. Slipped on a coffee spill around the food court area. She's 63, suffered a compression fracture in her back. She's still having a lot of issues moving around and needs a lot of care. We hired someone to help her with housework. We haven't gotten anywhere with the mall's insurance company. And I told her that maybe we need your help. Do you think she can get compensation for what she's suffered? Absolutely she can. Yeah. Lara, there's no question in my mind, but it's important that she contact me or you contact me as soon as possible so we can talk about this. Uh, definitely make sure that uh, she doesn't speak to uh, an adjuster that the insurance company for the mall is going to send because that's going to happen. They're going to want to take a statement from her. They may want to record it. They may want her to sign it. Yeah. Under no circumstances should she do that without legal representation. Okay, uh, But there's no question in my mind uh, that she's entitled to compensation based on the information that uh, that we have here. And, and I say that because if you're in a food court, uh, you know, and, and especially a food court. We've all been there. There are, there are people running around. There's food all over the place. Oh, yeah. you know, Beverages. Exactly. Trust me when I tell you that the mall has policies and procedures in place to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen. They understand that there is a, a strong potential, a very uh, a significant risk of people slipping on things. So they have people they are cleaning all the time. Oh. And oftentimes when you have these kinds of spills happening, it's because uh, – and, and, and the spills stay there. It's because – Somebody's not doing their job. And by the way, oftentimes malls hire contractors. They'll have a third party responsible for cleaning and maintenance. Uh. So we have to investigate this a bit more. But John, let's do this. Uh, let's go through the injury calculator mm-hmm. because we know that she suffered uh, a fracture in her back. So, yeah. so let's see this. So I'm putting accident date, let's say January 3rd. We don't yeah. know exactly when. Uh, accident location. We're going to put Barry. Uh, how old are you? We're going to put 63. Cause of your injury. We're going to say it was a slip and fall. Yep. Someone else was at fault, uh, and um, we're going to proceed. And now it's asking us, select a category that best describes your main injury. So we're going to put back. You're going to click on that. Uh, And then it's asking, is it a tear of ligaments? Is it a disc bulge, a sprain or strain, or a fracture? Compression fracture. It says fracture. Exactly. Now it's asking, do you experience chronic pain? Now we don't have this here, uh, although this happened back in January. So let's assume that she's experiencing chronic pain. Uh, it's a very safe assumption. It's asking, did you require uh, surgery? And I, I don't know if she did, but let's assume that she did not require surgery. Right. So we press continue. Not yet. And then it says, according to our survey of Canadian cases, you may be entitled to, and, and this is going to be a big range here, so I'll explain that. You may be entitled to $56,000 
up to a hundred and forty thousand yeah, dollars for your pain range. and suffering. So sometimes you get these huge ranges, and the reason is because, as you can see, you can have a compression fracture, you can have other fractures, and even with compression fractures, uh, may- maybe there there is a height loss, a certain height loss that uh, impacts and affects the way that she functions at home. You know, there are some people. I've had a case with a lady that had a compression fracture, and within three weeks she was back at work with pain. But she was back at work. Right. And then you have somebody else with a different kind of fracture, compression fracture, and they're just in complete agony and they can't go back to work. So the courts look at the uh, effect of the injury on the individual, on the, on the you know, uh, activities of daily living. How are they living their life? The age of the individual. They're, they're, you, know, you have a lot of factors that go in. But, but when people contact me or any lawyer out there that deals with this, they want to know, what am I looking at you know, in terms of compensation? And oftentimes, lawyers are very hesitant to provide that information because, you know, you don't want to be uh, in a situation where you can't deliver on that promise. Yeah, you don't well, get pigeonholed, right? You got it. This uh, calculator essentially looks at cases where other people have had fractures to their back without surgery. And again, you have a big range here. It's not always a big range. Sometimes the range is, you know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars thirty to $60,000, dollars 80 to 100 But, you know, with back fractures... Of course, you can have uh, you know a, a, a variety of cases, you know, from somebody who's very, very disabled mm-hmm. to someone who can still function, and that's why you have fifty-six thousand to one forty. But it still gives you an idea of what you can expect. So, Lara, make sure that you or your mother contacts me, and we'll get this started immediately. And before we uh, we break here, we should mention that is just pain and suffering. That is not all the other stuff, and that could be the smallest number. A hundred percent. In fact, I think that Lara had mentioned that they hired someone to help her with housework. Well, go. that's all compensable. That's out of pocket expenses. You know, John, I, I often tell people when they contact me that you can have an injury where you may be entitled to $100,000 for pain and suffering, but maybe your income losses. Income loss, that's what it the is. The income yeah. loss could be you know, much, much greater, 500000 a million, depending on how much you're losing and are going to lose in the future. If you hired someone now to do your grass, to shovel the snow, maybe, maybe you know, that expense alone is going to be you know, five grand for the year. Well, you know, extrapolate that for the next 10 years. That alone is $50,000. So very important that when we look at compensation, we right. look at all components of compensation. 416-216-5910 and help at the insurancelawyer.ca will test, uh, well, me after a short break in the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 and help at the insurancelawyer.ca. Nobody called in or emailed said, I'd rather have them test me, so I guess I, <laughs> I, I got to do it. So You got to do it, yes. All right. What's the deal here? You're going to give right. me some questions. These are true or false? These are true or false, yeah. You should be getting those, John. In Only fact, thing better is the old Scantron card everyone, in high school. You know what? Everyone listening who's been listening to mm-hmm. me for a while should be getting them. All right. But believe it or not, people still make these mistakes. Please, Mr. Trebek. So let, <laughs> let's start. All right. True or false? You can only get long-term disability for a physical injury or illness. In that other would words, be false. Okay. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yes. You, can, you can, of course, get disability for uh, uh, you mental know, if, injuries, if mental injuries yeah. psychological, yeah. emotional. Uh, that's, that's absolutely valid. And oftentimes we see uh, the injuries intertwined, especially mm-hmm. in chronic pain cases. For sure. Okay, fantastic. See, one out of one so far. Uh, you were denied long-term disability and invited to appeal the denial. <laughs> you should appeal because chances are the insurance company will reverse their position. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. That's right. These appeals are often useless. Can I say 100% of the time these appeals will not work? Of course not. Nothing is 100%. But I've yet to see an appeal that has not been reversed. In fact, we just settled a case. I talked about it a long time ago. But we just settled a case uh, where we intervened 
the person was supposed to get cut off and we had intervened. Uh, so call that in a way an appeals process because we intervened just before a cutoff. The insurance company reversed their position because now there is a disability lawyer. Two months later, despite our involvement, they cut off our client. Nice. You know what I mean? I mean, so, so forget about trying to do it yourself, even with us on board. Uh, and, and that claim, of course, as you can imagine, the insurance company paid when it came down uh, time to negotiate. So, no, appeals are, for the most part, useless. Okay. All right, number three, you are disabled because of depression and anxiety. You ask your orthopedic surgeon who did your knee surgery five years ago to write you a letter in support of your disability. Is that enough for the insurance company? No. Why not? Because they're not the right type of doctor. Exactly, exactly. You have to make sure you provide the correct medical documentation to your insurance company. If the nature of your disability is psychological, you're going to need someone to deal with that, to talk about that, somebody on the medical side or a psychologist, a psychiatrist, somebody on that. You you can't just use any expert or any doctor. It has to be relevant. You bet. Okay, number four, your long-term disability insurance company told you to apply for CPP disability. You don't feel like it. It won't matter anyways. Incorrect. Do it. Okay. It's yeah, incorrect. You're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Very, very important. If, if you are told by your insurance adjuster to apply for CPP disability, the chances are that your insurance policy contains a provision that says that you need to apply. And the reason why you need to apply is because the insurance company is entitled to a deduction for whatever you get from the CPP disability program. Um, so, of course, program. they want you to. Correct. So, just as an example, people understand... If you're entitled to $3,000 a month from your LTD insurer and you apply for CPP disability and then you get $1,000 a month from CPP, you don't get 1000 plus 3000 which is 4000 You get 1000 from CPP and then the insurer only has to pay you two right. instead of three. Yep. Okay, But the reason why this is actually helpful to you is because as I mentioned with um, you know the previous case, the lady that I'm helping with now that I settled the husband's uh, case, if you are on CPP disability, you've been approved, you have more of an argument against the LTD threshold. insurer. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you're already on CPP disability, and so you turn around to the LTD, LTD insurer and you say, why are you cutting me off? Why are you denying my claim? CPP has deemed me disabled. Yeah. So it's very helpful. Last question, John. You've, you've hit all of them. Uh, you know, perfect batting record. Number five, once your insurance company cuts you off long-term disability, there is virtually nothing you can do to change their mind. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to make them harder for you next time. Come on. But you know, listen, I know I know it's 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 an easy question, but it, well no, it's 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 hard if you haven't done a show with you for 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 two and a yeah. half years, right? Anybody and people you know, the common know. surf out there would say, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm done." If you knew how many times people call me every mm-hmm. week and email me and, and they are completely just shocked that they have recourse against the insurance company when they're cut off LTD. It's just great. You have recourse. And I'm not talking about the appeals process. I'm saying that as long as you're unable to work and as long as you have medical support supporting that, you will meet most likely the test for total disability. And we talked about this a few shows ago. Total disability does not mean that you are paralyzed from the neck down. Right. Okay. It means that you can do the substantial aspects of your job. For the first two years, it's your job. Beyond the two-year period, which is, by the way, where we see people getting cut off most often because the test expands, is can you do any job for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience? But most people, if they're disabled within the first two years, most people that I've seen, usually there is a reason for that. And generally speaking, they're unable to do other types of jobs. Not all of them, but most of them. So the point is, 
If you're denied LTD, you're cut off LTD, you know someone who's in that situation, have them call me or email me or go onto that website, mydisabilityquestions.com, and just have them ask the question. And the, and the reason that that's obvious for me and maybe not for, for so many listeners is because they just don't think they have an option. It's like severance pay. Oh, I got a week per year. Not true. Same absolutely, thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people just don't know. And if you think about it, the insurance company, I mean, I mean, just think about it from their perspective. You don't have this knowledge out there. Right. Okay. Most people think, okay, if the disability insurer is cutting me off or denying my disability. They know. They're the big company. They know. Right. And not only that, even if they're wrong, it's impossible to take them on. I mean, they're, they're a mammoth organization, billions of dollars. Well, why is it then that when I start a claim, it ends up with them paying my clients a lot of money? Right. Because they understand. And oftentimes, they play poker, unfortunately, with uh, the disabled individuals. They are betting on the individuals not getting proper legal advice and not standing up for their rights. Well, guess what? This is why we're here, and this is why I'm telling people, contact me. You don't have to stand for your rights. You let me do that for you. And that's a good thing we always say is once you get involved, those phone calls stop coming to you directly. Absolutely. We deal with the insurance company. You're not dealing with them anymore. That's it. Now it's up to us to advocate for you and to tell you every step of the way what your rights are, what your options are, and you dictate to us how you want us to proceed. But we'll tell you. We'll tell you what needs to be done to get the result that is equitable to make sure that you are paid what's owed to you. 416-216-5910 is that number, and email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll come back right away with an email after a short break here in the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. See, that would be the email address. We get Laura from Hamilton says, I was in a pretty bad accident this past January and I still have difficulty focusing. I have headaches all the time and tremendous pain. The doctor said I suffered a concussion and that I have a head injury. The police charged the other driver. My husband told me to email you to see what can be done. I worked part-time for three years before the accident, and I haven't worked since. My mother comes every day now to help me with the kids and the house. I'm not sure if I'll even get better. It's been like uh, been like this for a long time. What do I do? Okay, so Laura, first of all, your husband is a wise man. Uh, let's Let's get one thing clear here. People say the word concussion because this is what doctors tell us. Yep. Concussion is a brain, brain injury. injury. Right. And a lot of defense lawyers and, you know, I have a lot of those uh, individuals as my friends, uh, you know, they will use the word concussion because in a way it diminishes the force of what that means. Uh, the, 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 uh, the Just sounds like you your head hard. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to test what I'm saying, go on Google, type in concussion, and you will see uh, a lot of authority for the fact that concussion is a brain injury. It means your brain was injured. The question is whether or not that's going to be something that is going to last for a long time or not. But it's a brain injury. Now, uh, Laura, you're saying that uh, you have a lot of headaches, uh, tremendous pain, etc. Uh, and the police charge the other drivers. So clearly, this tells me immediately that you have two types of claims here. One with your own insurance company called Accident Benefits. Yeah. We've covered those at length. And of course, they've changed recently in June of this year. Um, and and as a side claim. note, yeah, exactly. And side note, make sure you get proper coverage, okay? If you haven't talked to your the insurance better. company, the more the better. But the second claim you have here that I want to talk to you about off air is the tort claim, the claim against the other driver who was charged for the accident, because this is very significant. Uh, If you worked these three part-time jobs before the accident, you haven't been able to go back. First of all, you should be getting uh, income replacement benefits from your own insurance company. Uh, Secondly, you have a potential claim, a huge claim for these kinds of losses going forward into the future. I don't know how old you are, but if you're 40 years old, as an example, and you were going to work until age 65 or 70 or whatever it is, just imagine 
just calculate the amount of money you're losing on a yearly basis and how much that's going to be going forward. Now, it's not as simple calculation as that, but as a starting point, that's what I would tell you to look at. Now, you're saying your mother comes every day to help you with the kids and the house. Remember, we talked about that. If you are injured as a result of someone's negligence and someone, whether it's a friend or a family member or whoever, comes and helps you because of your injuries, you are entitled to advance a claim for that expense. If it's a family member that is providing this help, then under the Family Law Act, Section 61, if you go on it, uh, again on Google, and type it in, you will see that it says that in the event of injury, your family members are entitled to compensation for the help they are providing to you. And oftentimes in many cases, especially when I was doing defense work, working for insurance companies, I would see lawyers miss that. And oftentimes these would be significant uh, amounts of money, right? And if you have a friend or a neighbor that is helping you, that can also be recouped, except it would not be a family law act claim. It would be an out-of-pocket expense. You just make sure that you have some kind of an arrangement that is documented with that friend or the neighbor. Make sure that perhaps you have some Excel sheets or yeah, worksheets. Something, some right, something that's that exactly that says here's how much uh, they've done, the, yeah. the amount of hours. More than a handshake. Uh, more than a handshake. Something <laughs> that you know puts records so that we know, you know, and on on this day and this day or that week they helped and did this and that. And here's how much we agreed that I owe them. And you advance that as an out of pocket expense. Very, very important. So Laura uh, it seems to me like you have a very significant case. We can help you on all fronts. Uh, and uh, all you have to do is you or your husband contact me again by email or by phone, and we'll have a chat and we'll get this going. Got a couple minutes left. Let me ask you this because it's uh, you know it's officially fall now, so very soon your phone's going to be ringing literally off the hook. Already is. It's car accident claims. This is going to happen. The snow, the, rent, you know, the slipping, right. the sliding. So any last-minute advice for those who uh, are getting into winter beyond putting snow tires on the car? Yeah, be be very, very careful. If there is an accident, and again, let's talk about car accidents for yep. a second. Make sure that, uh, you know, and I've said this already in the last few shows, speak to your insurance broker or the insurance company about upping your coverage. If you are involved in a car accident and uh, you are injured, make sure you give me a call or email me about the next steps. Because oftentimes, uh, mistakes happen in the case, right? You think, oh, it's not a big accident or perhaps I'm okay because oftentimes we're in shock. Adrenaline is running through you and you don't do what you're supposed to do or what you should do. For example, uh, you know, you think that you're injured, an ambulance is called and you decline the ambulance. Yeah, I'm a little sore, but I'm okay. Exactly. But how does that look down the road? You know, listen, if you think you don't need the ambulance, don't use the ambulance. But just understand that if a year later you're saying that now you've developed this pain or you have all these major issues because of the accident, we look back at the ambulance call report and it says declined, that works against you, right? The defense lawyers are going to use that against you. By the same token, after a slip and fall, trip and fall, uh, whatever it is that happens, you end up going to the hospital, but you're seeing that the wait is going to be, you know, hours and hours and hours. Again, it's not going to bode well for you from a legal standpoint if you're going to say, oh, I just got tired. I didn't want to wait in line, so I decided not to go and seek medical help. So again, the question is, well, how serious really were you injured if that's the case? So the tips are make sure that you really look after yourself. Make sure that you have sufficient coverage, insurance coverage with your automobile. And just make sure that, you know, if you are in an accident, whether it's a slip and fall on ice uh, or in a mall or in a plaza or if you're in a car accident, take photos. 
All of us yeah, have phones right. now. Take fo- take photos even of the damage to the cars. Everything. Oftentimes, that's going to say a lot down the road if there is a claim. It's going to say a lot if it's a small accident or if it's a big accident. Take photographs or have someone take photographs, especially if you're dealing with a slip and fall on ice, on a sidewalk. Because it melts. It melts. And, and you know, the, 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 uh, tomorrow it may be five degrees be- uh, above zero. Uh, above zero, exactly. Yeah. And, and t- t- you know, t- today it was, it was minus 10. So just make sure that you take photographs. So till next time, some uh, some advice there on the number 416-216-5910. And email always help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. When you've got a few moments, you're looking at an injury, go to injurycalculator.ca as well. This has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640.